Hey everyone, how you doing? This is Amon Green, Green Bay Packers all-time leading rusher, and you're listening to The Average Cheese, hosted by Dell and Todd, two lifelong Packer fans talking about their favorite team, the 13-time champion, Green Bay Packers. Go Pack Go! So welcome to episode 29 of the Average Cheese Podcast. I'm Dale Lobel. No Peter Jones, no Todd Widener today. You're going to get me and only me, and you're welcome. Shout out to our sponsors, Dwight at ddgcustoms.com. He's done the shirts for us and the custom Packer shoes that we auctioned off for the Leukemia Lymphoma Society. And he also did our wrestling shirts, and they are awesome. So thank you to Dwight. Thanks to Andy at thirdeyegraphics.net for doing our graphics. We appreciate you. Thanks to the 476 folks that follow us on Twitter. If you follow us on Twitter, I appreciate you. And we have a couple of folks on Facebook, even though I really can't pay attention to Facebook because Facebook is for old people. All right. So episode 29, wild card weekend, relaxing, no Packer game. was a little bit easier to watch football than I expected it to be, but still get warmed up and it's like okay Packers got to play this and what's going to happen will the Bears win today you know will we get the worst team so it's like okay who are we going to play and as a Packer fan if you've been a Packer fan for more than like the last two or three years if you've been a Packer fan for any amount of time at all you know that the Packers may let you down and if you watch for a couple of years, they've had great seasons, the 15 and one season, and then go out losing to the Cardinals in overtime, the NFC championship game that we won't talk about that we should have won and went to the Super Bowl and won it. Like there's been a lot of letdowns in Packerland. While the Packers have played amazing football, the only time you can really rest and relax is when the Packers win it all. Because who knows what's going to happen. All right, so let's go. Other games that were played, Bills 27, Colts 24. The Colts played well against the Packers. The Bills are a very good football team. I watched some of that game. The couple things that I thought about were the Phillip Rivers experiment just did not work out. Phillip Rivers was on a one-year $25 million contract this year. So basically, they were all in with Phillip Rivers. And you can't pay a man $25 million and then go out in the first round of the playoffs. You could have played Jacoby Brissett and went out in the first round. So that was a big mistake on their part. Rumor is he's going to go somewhere else and play next year. And I can't imagine as you watch how bad the old quarterbacks are starting to fade. I can't imagine some teams going to pay him $25, $30 million to lead them to 10 and six record, something like that and then bow out in the playoffs. If you're listening, Dougie, I'm happy for you. Crippling Mediocrity, if you haven't listened to their podcast and you want to hear something about the Bills, go listen to Doug and those guys. Uh, the Bills won their first playoff game since the 90s. So you know as Packer fans, we are super spoiled. We win playoff games regularly. 
The Bills are on the come up. And I do think that the Bills have enough to beat the Chiefs. Their running game is, eh, it's okay. And they just put someone on IR. One of the, I think Zach Moss, they just put on IR. But they have comparable weapons to the Chiefs. And I think they got enough. Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley, they've got players. Allen is a really good quarterback. And because Mahomes and Rodgers have really dominated the MVP talk, he didn't get enough run. But Josh Allen is a really good quarterback. And he has made this quick jump from really not very good to elite quarterback. Top three this year quarterback. Better than Russell Wilson for sure. Josh Allen threw for 324 yards and two touchdowns in this game. He was also their leading rusher, though, with 54, which I guess is great. I mean, good for you, but you got to be able to run the football in the cold with an actual running back and not with your quarterback because you need that dude to stay healthy through the playoffs. Stephon Diggs, 128 yards and a touchdown. They just have a lot of offensive weapons. And I think they're going to do things. And I hope they beat the Chiefs because I would love to get on crippling mediocrity and, and talk shit to Doug and those guys because I think we beat the, I think we're going to beat the Bills or the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Ravens 20, Titans 13. If you watched any of that game, the big news really was the Ravens went on the field afterwards and stomped on the logo. Like, is that a thing now? That whole Juju Schuster Smith, whatever his fucking name is for the Steelers who decided he was going to dance on logos, and now the Ravens are out there dancing. Now, granted, it was in retaliation to the Titans doing the same thing. You'll never see good teams like the Packers do shit like that. They don't need to. We're better than you. We're just going to go out there and punch you in the face during the 60 minutes we're playing football. But anyway, Ravens 20, Titans 13. Derrick Henry didn't do jack shit in this game. He just never broke the long run, and he looked really kind of pissed off about how the game went. They just paid him a boatload of money, so hopefully he's not long-term upset because that could go south. And with the way things are in the league now, where players are kind of, you know, I don't want to play here anymore, so trade me kind of thing, and teams have sort of bent over to do it, you don't need to pay Derrick Henry and then have him be all ticked off that you lost a playoff game. Lamar Jackson is a really good player. He is a dual threat quarterback in the NFL. And I would say, even though Josh Allen ran for 54 yards against the Colts, I wouldn't call him a dual threat quarterback. If I'm playing the Ravens, though, I stack the box and make Lamar Jackson throw it and beat me with that. And I think that I don't think he can long-term. I think he can make plays, but he makes most of those plays with his feet. He throws the ball well, but it's definitely not his strength. But he is a dual threat, more than most guys in the league. The other observation was, how hurt do you have to be to miss a playoff game? In the wrestling world, or at least in our wrestling room, are you hurt or are you injured? Because if you're injured, I get it. And again, these are million-dollar bodies, and, and these guys are making their money with their bodies. So I get it to a certain extent. But I also think, like, you don't know when you're going to go back to the playoffs again. Yes, the Titans have a good base. Ryan Tannehill is good. They have Derrick Henry. They have two good receivers on the outside, and Davis and Brown. And they have, a, I think, a pretty good coach and Mike Vrabel. There's no guarantees in this league. So you sit out a game, you better be injured and not hurt. Browns beat the Steelers, and I was watching this game, and I was texting some people, 
And the one thing that kept coming back was the Browns are going to blow this game, aren't they? They're going to piss this game away. Maybe you thought it too. Again, if you want to interact with us, you can leave us a message at anchor.fm slash AVG cheese. You can hit us up on Twitter at AVG cheese. And this is going to shock you. But the email is also AVG cheese at gmail.com. You can always send us a note. But I just thought the Browns were going to piss this game away. I thought that was going to happen for sure. I also, the other thing that came to mind was Ben Roethlisberger threw for 501 yards and four touchdowns, but he really didn't look good. I was texting a buddy of mine and he said, you know, Roethlisberger is washed up. And I said, he's old. And then, then he reminded me that Roethlisberger came out the year before Aaron Rodgers. So He's not 42 Breeze Brady old, but Roethlisberger has taken a lot of shots over the years, and he's not super mobile. I mean, he was able to get away from guys. He would shrug guys off with that big body, but he's taken a lot of hits over the years. I'm not sure that you'll see Ben Roethlisberger in a Steelers uniform next year. And if you don't, where does he go? Because he's got to play with a better line. Like He has to play with a good line. He's not mobile. He doesn't have the greatest arm strength either, but I don't think he'll be back with the Steelers next year. On to the NFC. So Peter and I talked about it last week, and, you know, Matt Nagy, I thought for sure, for sure, would be fired after the Bears lost. Well, it's Wednesday, January 13th, Black Mondays, they call it, when all the NFL coaches get fired. That's already passed. Him and the GM, Ryan Pace, are still employees of the Chicago bears. I saw that Fangio, the defensive coordinator retired. Maybe it was time for him to retire. I mean, I feel like you have to see the writing on the wall, not as his career goes, but that defense is getting old. Akeem Hicks is a good player, not young. Khalil Mack, also a great player, not young. Roquan Smith is the only young stud they have on that team that is worth having. If I'm the defensive coordinator, I think I see how that was going to work. Plus, maybe he already knew that Nagy and Pace weren't going to be fired. And he was like, nope, I'm out. Jumped off that ship before it sank. I just don't get it. I honestly don't. The Bears look like they gave up. And on that note, Allen Robinson is on social media basically saying he's out. He was on a short deal. And he basically said, you know, we had 365 days to make this happen and we didn't. And that sort of says, yep, I'm not coming back to this. The problem for Allen Robinson will be that the salary cap is going down. Where are you going to go? There's going to be a lot of dudes, high salary dudes that lose their jobs and are looking for other teams. That's going to saturate the market, and that doesn't look good for guys who are free agents next year. Now, that may help the Packers, but guys like Allen Robinson who are mid-tier, not elite guys, they're going to take some hits financially. Also with that game, is anyone overly impressed with the Saints? Because I'm just not. I just don't get it. I don't think they're that good. They were 12-4. and Alvin Kamara is a stud, right? Of course he is. And Michael Thomas is great statistically, but he hasn't shown out, which is a little scary because you'd think he'd break out one of these games. But I'm just not impressed. I don't want to be overly confident because, again, as a Packer fan, I can't be overly confident. But 
Drew Brees can't throw it. Their line is pretty good, but not outstanding. I don't know. Their defense is meh, okay. I don't know. They went 12 and four. I know that the Packers were the quote unquote worst 13 and three team ever last year. Then they did it again. So I guess they're also the worst 13 and three ever twice, maybe. But I'm just not impressed with the 12 and four New Orleans Saints. But they move on. The other game of importance was the Buccaneers 31, the Washington Footballs 23. This Taylor Heineke is a pretty good story, right? And that's that's pretty awesome. Second string XFL quarterback gets brought up because Dwayne Haskins apparently is a fucking idiot. And Alex Smith, although I'm super happy he came back, he was not able to come back from a calf injury. So they turned to this Taylor Heineke, and he was really pretty good. Now, I don't think long-term he's good. Like the game that he played on Saturday or Sunday or whatever it was against the Buccaneers, that's a game you can't play every week. You can't be that mobile guy that runs out of the pocket and runs away from pressure like that too long because you're going to get smashed in the mouth, and that's not going to work. I thought he had an okay arm, and I thought he played well. I mean, he almost brought the Washington footballs back and almost beat the Tampa Bay Brady's. Like, I mean, that's, I mean, it could have been like that one signature win, right? You're famous for, and that would have been great because Washington is not great. I don't know how some teams just have no talent whatsoever on one side of the ball. Like, even if Alex Smith plays, who's he throwing it to? Who's running the ball? Like, none of these guys are big-name talents. I guess we're just super spoiled in Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones. They got, like, the the trio of guys, offensive guys, and you look at teams like Washington, and you're like, who the fuck are these clowns? What are they doing out there? XFL quarterback, guys you've never heard of catching the ball, guys you've never heard of running the ball. It's like... I don't know how GMs hold their jobs. I feel like I need to apply for a GM job. I'm talking about NFL general manager. I mean, I have no credentials whatsoever. And I sometimes pick wrong, like Patrick Queen, I thought was going to be a stud in the NFL and he sucks. But I mean, they do that too. They could pay me a whole lot less to be the GM. Uh, Tampa Bay Brady's. Brady threw for 381 yards with two touchdowns in this game. Mike Evans had over 110 yards. But Brady was sacked three times. I think the Packers can get to Brady if they end up playing them, although I don't think they will. I think that well, I'll talk about this in a second, but I, I guess I'll talk about it now. I think New Orleans, as bad as I thought they looked, will beat Tampa Bay. We'll talk about the Packers later. And the important game, Rams 30, Seahawks 20. It is super hard to believe that Russell Wilson was an MVP candidate at one point. He was terrible in this game, and I mean terrible. And you saw it. The one thing I think about Russell Wilson is when you watch him, when he gets pressured, he ducks his head, he does not continue to look downfield, and he looks to take off and run. Now, even at 32 or whatever Russell Wilson is, he's still athletic enough to get that done. But as you age, you have to continue to look downfield, knowing you're going to get punched in the face, and look for guys. Your DK Metcalfs, your Lockets, your Chris Carsons, even Greg Olson. Like, you have to look for guys downfield. And I feel that when he gets pressured in the pocket, he gets a little shell-shocked, and he starts to 
try to take it down and run. And instead of looking for that next option or that check down, he gets hit or he gets sacked or he has to run out of the pocket and throw it away. As much as I like DK Metcalf and there's like a lot of social media hype and a lot of media hype around him, the comparison to Calvin Johnson is just absolutely ridiculous. I hate it when they take a guy like Rodgers, like Calvin Johnson, and they compare these young guys to them when there's really no merit there. Like DK Metcalf, it hasn't done anything yet in the whole scheme of things. It is, I think, a slap to Calvin Johnson to be comparing young guys to a great long-term, a guy who had a very long career and comparing guys, DK Metcalf and those kind of receivers to Calvin Johnson. He's just not there yet. A couple other things that I thought were kind of funny. Did Jamal Adams think when he knocked the backup quarterback Wolford out of the game, that that was a good idea to bring the starter back? It looked like a cheap shot. It was head to head and it, it looked like he was trying to take that guy out. Kind of looked like a dirty play, at least in my mind. Well, that backfired, didn't it, Jamal? Because he ended up with the starting quarterback back in there. So Goff came back into this game. Now, he didn't have a great game. He threw for 155 yards, but they did enough. They scored 30 points somehow. When you look at their offensive statistics, the only one that really had a nice game was Cam Akers. Cam Akers ran 28 times or 131 yards. Also caught two balls for 45. He was the offensive star of this game. It's really their defense, though, that wins them football games. And I'll talk about that in a second. So the Packers get the Rams. Rams upset the Seahawks. Rams were the six. Packers got the lowest seed left, and that's the Los Angeles Rams. So a little bit about them. Does anyone want to talk about the last time the Packers played the Rams? I know I don't really, but of course, I'm going to bring it up even though it pains me. So the last time the Packers played the Rams in a playoff game, Brett Favre threw six interceptions. They also turned it over two other times, eight total turnovers, and Dale ended up in the hospital with an ulcer. You probably didn't know that. And there you go. Welcome to my life. I remember watching this game, and maybe you do too. They just couldn't, Favre couldn't do anything right in that game. And then he started forcing, after he had a couple picks, then he started forcing the ball to try to get back in it. And the snowball just got bigger and bigger and bigger. Eight fucking turnovers in a playoff game, nonetheless. The Packers beat the Rams in 1967 at County Stadium, the year of the Ice Bowl. So the Packers played the Rams at County Stadium. It's the last playoff game, and I think the only playoff game ever played at County Stadium in Milwaukee. The Packers then went on to play the Cowboys in the Ice Bowl the next week. So I had to start looking it up. Like I had no idea that the Packers played a playoff game at County Stadium. Interestingly enough, the Packers also played a playoff game at State Fair Park in West Dallas in 1939. And like 30, almost 33,000 people attended in 1939 at a game at State Fair Park. So that's kind of awesome. The other thing I didn't know, and maybe you didn't either, that Lambeau Field was called New City Stadium from 1957 to 1964. After 1967, and almost every other playoff game besides the one in 1939 were played at Lambeau Field or what was called New City Stadium. So I thought that was interesting. All right, let's talk a little bit about the Rams. Rams are 22nd in total offense. They only convert on 47% of their third downs. 
They are 13th in passing offense and 10th in rushing offense. So they're not bad on offense, although I don't think they look great against the Seahawks, who are not very good on defense. Now, granted, Goff is hurt. that He had that surgery on his thumb, what was it, maybe three weeks ago or whatever. So there's pins in the thumb, sort of like what Brett Favre had years ago. And he didn't look great throwing the football again. Wolford is the backup. He did not practice today. I assume that Goff is going to get the start, and that's who we'll see. Cam Akers, like I said, had a great game last week. He ran for 625 yards this year. Him and Daryl Henderson were kind of like A and B or 1A and 1B. They had almost identical yards rushing. Akers is going to be the guy. Henderson had a high ankle sprain late in the season. He will not be back. Cam Akers is not going to catch many balls out of the backfield. I know he caught two for 45, but one of them was for 44. The other one was one for one. He only caught 11 balls on the season, so you're not going to get a lot out of the backfield from him. They do have a more like a third down back that comes in once in a while, and that's Malcolm Brown. Malcolm Brown caught 23 balls this year, so I guess he would be your out-of-the-backfield guy. Receivers Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, uh, they're almost identical in statistics. Both of them caught, well, Robert Woods caught 90 balls for 936 yards and six touchdowns. Cup caught 92 for 974 yards and three touchdowns. And after that, it's, you know, it's just guys. But they do have two guys, to be fair. Whereas the Packers have Devontae Adams. These two guys catching 90 balls is pretty good. They also have a pretty decent tight end in Tyler Higby. Gerald Everett comes in and catches the balls. He's kind of like that second guy in their tight end roster. But Higby is a guy, 44 catches for 521 yards and five touchdowns. Interestingly enough, the Los Angeles Rams have two Wisconsin Badgers on their offensive line. David Edwards at guard and Rob Havenstein, who plays tackle for them. Edwards did not practice and has been hurt but he may be back for Sunday. I would assume that Goff, Edwards, Aaron Donald, who I'm going to talk about in a second, I assume all those guys will be back. We should be able to get pressure on Jared Goff or Wolford if they end up playing him at quarterback. And I'm not going to say it about the run. Defense is where the Rams make their money. As you know, the Rams have a great defense. First overall in team defense, It's second in the league in sacks with 53. Interestingly enough, they are not a huge blitzing team. They only blitz on like 27, 28% of the snaps. Their pressure comes from Aaron Donald, who is the greatest inside player right now. I'm sorry, I love you, Kenny Clark, but Aaron Donald is absolutely dominant. They have a bunch of other guys that, you know, they don't have that fall off. You know, they don't have that Tyler Lancaster as the starting defensive end or the Dean Lowry as the defensive end. They just don't have those that drop off. This is a very good defensive team. I mean, you're going to see Sebastian Joseph, number 69. He's a heck of a player. Michael Brockers can play. Like these guys all put pressure on the quarterback. Michael Brockers, the defensive end, has five, had five sacks. Uh, we don't have that third, second, third guy. Like Aaron Donald had 13 and a half sacks. Leonard Floyd, who I thought was washed up and he was let go by the Bears, he had 10 and a half sacks. Brockers had five. Morgan Fox, the other defensive end, had six. 
Like they've got guys. They're not top heavy in their sacks. They get it from all over. They're also third against the run. This is a good defensive team. And as good as the Packers defensive backs are, I would say as a group, the Rams have a better defensive backfield. Jalen Ramsey can play. Jalen Ramsey was an all pro. Darius Williams had a pick six in a game against Seattle. These guys are high level guys. Troy Hill can play. There's just their players out there. They've got great defensive players. Jalen Ramsey was an all pro. You know, when you are an all pro, you don't get a lot of balls thrown at you. Unlike Xavier Howard, who had 10 picks, Jalen Ramsey doesn't get picked on. If you're going to pick on somebody, it's probably going to be Darius Williams on Williams on the other side. But these are both players. So what's the game plan? If Dale Lobel is the offensive and defensive coordinator of the Green Bay Packers, this is how it's going to go. On offense, I'm going to run a ton of play action. I want their linebackers and their line to hesitate and not just pin their ears back to rush the quarterback. I'm going to have Aaron Jones in motion. I'm going to have constant motion and making these guys think. I don't want the defensive ends rushing straight up the field at Rodgers. We're going to jet sweep one or two times. We haven't seen that in a couple weeks. We've just seen guys running by. And I'm going to run it straight at Aaron Donald until he shows that he's 100% healthy. Now, of course, they're going to say, you know, he'll be ready for Saturday. And he probably will be. But I'm going to run it at him early. And I'm going to see what he can do. Because if he gets punched in the mouth enough, those ribs will start to hurt a little bit. And he's going to falter. And we have to have balance. If you want to beat the Packers, you need to make them super throw heavy. If they have to throw more than 45 times in this game, it's going to be far closer than we want it to be. It needs to be that 50-50 run, game, run and pass game that we've had in the past. And though I said we need to run at Aaron Donald early, I think it's one of those games where you pass and soften them up and then you run. I think we need to see a little bit more first round passing and a couple jet sweeps on first down just to keep them honest. And we need to get Devontae Adams in motion. As great as he is, we'd rather have him matched up on the slot, have him moving, than have him matched up straight up with Jalen Ramsey because Jalen Ramsey is not going to follow him to the slot very often. I don't think it's going to be a Deion Sanders type where he's just following that guy no matter where he goes. Jalen Ramsey is mostly on the outside, and if he's mostly on the outside, we want to create that mismatch against the nickel corner or the slot corner or whoever it might be. I also believe we need to get Aaron Jones more involved in the passing game. If a team like the Rams can pressure the quarterback from its line, we have to then get Aaron Jones out on a linebacker and make those linebackers cover Jones in the flat. We haven't seen a wheel route lately from Aaron Jones. And even though it's going to be cold, I think you will see that in this game. And finally, offensively, once we've gotten a lead, and I think we will, you need to see A.J. Dillon pound the rock. He needs to get at least 10 carries in this game because that will break the game open. If it's relatively close at the end and A.J. Dillon can come in, I think he has a chance to break one. And on my buddy Bob Tanyan, I think he'll have a part two. Again, we need to have those linebackers running around in space, trying to find Tanyan, trying to find Jones, trying to find Dillon. The running backs and the tight end need to get involved. And on defense... I think it's time to put King, Jair Alexander, Shandon Sullivan, 
have a little confidence in them and play one safety high or play nobody or play zero coverage and put everybody close. Goff is, you want Goff to have to try to beat you in this game. If his thumb is bad, the weather is cold, he's going to be a hard time gripping the football. I think you need to make Jared Goff beat you, and I don't think he can. Stack the box a little bit more with guys so Akers doesn't go nuts. Let Savage sort of roam back there and do what Savage does, you know, last four or five weeks of the season, and that's go make plays. Amos can cover the tight end. You know, that maybe they play that heavy dime or heavy nickel, and Amos is the second linebacker. I think you could probably get away with that late, and I think that's how you beat the Rams. Jared Goff threw 13 picks during the season. I don't want to call him Matthew Stafford-like, but he threw a lot of interceptions. And with a banged-up thumb in the cold, he's going to struggle. On special teams, we know the solutions, right? I mean, you don't have to be the special teams coach to figure out we need to punt the ball away from guys, punt it out of, out of bounds, and just not make the big mistakes. It's that simple. We f- feel confident in Mason Crosby that he's going to kick field goals when he needs to. The rest of the special teams needs to be solid. They don't have to be great. Just do your job. Don't give up the big play and let the offense and defense win this football game for you. So that's it. Appreciate you getting to this. I know it's going to be a shorter episode. It's not a whole, there's no game to talk about. So it's just all previews. So thanks for sticking around. Uh, Here's my prediction. I think the Packers win 31 21 and bring on the next team whoever it may be. Go Pack Go.